This is New York Game Day, presented by Bet365. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Slowman's low prices, zero sacrifices. For a hundred years, Slowman's has been a staple in home comfort. Call 1-866-OIL-DEAL. And by Nissan, you deserve a car that thrills you. And Nissan's got an exciting full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill yourself. Shop your local Nissan store and Nissan.com today. Welcome back. Hour two of New York Game Day here at 98.7 ESPN. Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and of course myself, Anita Marks. It is time for Amani's Keys to Victory, brought to you by Infinity.com. Get ready for Amani's Keys to Victory. All right, let's dive into it. Amani, uh, let's start with the Giants because they are uh, first up. As we know, in Las Vegas, taking on the Raiders. What are your three keys to the games, uh, this game, that will help the Giants beat Las Vegas? I think the first thing that that, that needs to happen is Wink Martindale is really going to have to put a number on Aiden O'Connell in terms of coming up with some uh, – to come up with some really interesting uh, blitz packages, really interesting um, make – Make uh, uh, Aiden O'Connell figure out what's going on. Have him thinking about the plays. Have him thinking about what's going on as opposed to him going through his reads. Have him try to confuse him at the line of scrimmage with pre-snap reads. Uh, And and I know that um, you know there there's some real players on this offense that really need to be contained and when you're talking about um, uh, Devontae Adams and, and Jacobs those guys have to be contained and all that starts with being with confusing um, what uh, this young quarterback is seeing uh, and I think that's that's going to be an important part so Wink Martindale is going to have to play a really good big role in figuring out the X's and O's that are going to confuse uh, this young a- uh, Aiden O'Connell. Also, Tavon Thibodeau is going to have to put a lot of pressure on this on this uh, on 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 Aiden O'Connell. My whole theme of this is attack this young quarterback, and, and because a- Tavon Tavon Thibodeau eight sacks this year. He's uh, the most sacks uh, this point in the season since JPP in 2011. And uh, JPP finished with 16 sacks on the season. Tavon Thibodeau is having a phenomenal year. Started off a little slowly, but he's really heating up in these last couple weeks, a lot like he did towards the end of the season. The Giants are going to need it uh, to really attack this young quarterback. And also on the offensive side of the ball, Daniel Jones and Brandon and um, and I'm sorry and um, Saquon T- Saquon Barkley are going to have to have some of their best games. This this their season is on life support. If they if the Giants lose to a team that fired their offense coordinator, their head coach, their starting quarterback, their general manager, and they only have five days to the next, you know, they only have and they have less than a week to play against them on to 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 compete on this Sunday because they played on Monday night and they lose. That is not going to be a good look for everybody in this Giants organization, especially losing to a former uh, player in Antonio Pierce, who is their new head coach. So there's a lot involved. I've, I'm telling you, this is the biggest game of the season for the Giants because this is a situation where you are three and six, and you're somewhat in the you could you could 
you could do some mental gymnastics and think you're still in a playoff hunt. But if you're two and seven, it's it, it's 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 the end, and it's going to be a long season going into work knowing that you have no shot at going to the playoffs. The only shot you have is to save your job. I've been in those situations for a long time, for you know, many years, many, too many more, too many years than I liked. And man, it is a tough sell getting out of your car, going to work, getting ready to prepare when you know the only thing you're really fighting for is your own job. Um, okay, so those are your keys for the Giants matchup. Monday night, bright lights, big stage, the Jets hosting the Los Angeles Chargers and yeah. Justin Herbert coming to town. What are yeah. your keys here for the Jets to walk away with a victory on Monday oh, night? Oh, this defense is going to have to do a great job against Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is a guy that you know, puts up a lot of points. Is a very uh, he's, he could take a game over by himself. But this Jets defense, you know what they've done over the last couple of weeks, stopping the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, you know, really stopping the Giants as well, even with the bad field positions uh, that they um, that the Giants had. It's it's a situation where this uh, this defense is going to have to be special. You know, they talked about being the '85 Bears coming into this season. I don't know if they're even close to that, but I know that in this game, they're gonna, the, the one thing that the Chargers are going to do that the Giants didn't do is they're going to put up some points, and that's going to put pressure on the offense of the New York Jets. Zach Wilson is going to have to. This my second point is Zach Wilson is going to have to play at a very high clip. And he's going to have to, you know, play one of his best games because he's going to have. They're going to have to put up points. They're not going to be able to just rely on Brees Hall, and they're not going to be able to just, uh, you know, eke out this game like they did against the Giants because this Chargers team can do one thing, and that's score. They have great players in uh, in Austin Eckler. Um, they have uh, you know, in in uh, Keenan Allen as a wide wide out, and not to mention the. Yeah, Zach Wilson is going to be under immense pressure with Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack coming off the edge. This one this this Chargers defense is formidable. This defensive line is strong where the Jets offensive line, as we talked about, has been much documented how they struggled throughout this season. Um, even in the preseason, going to, watching Hard Knocks, one thing that everybody was worried about was their offensive line, and they've proved to be uh, not as good of a, a group. And, and going against one of the better groups in the NFL uh, in, the, in the L.A. Chargers defensive line, it's going to be a struggle for this offensive line. And um, But one thing they have going for them is that the coach for the um, L.A. Chargers is Brandon Staley. He finds ways to give games back. So they have to keep this game close and find out a way so Brandon Staley can end up losing this game for the Chargers. So the Jets will look at that. You, you, you made you made Mike giggle. Uh, Amani's keys to victory brought to you by infinity.com. Discover more about the luxury and performance of an infinity QX 60 crossover at infinity USA.com or visit your local infinity dealer today. 800-919-3776. Uh, we do have quite a few callers on hold. They want to chime in. So when we get back, we will get to you. So Joe in Oceanside, Simon from Queens, uh, and also uh, Ira from Staten Island. He wants to talk about the Jets and the Chargers. Uh, Gentlemen, we will get to all you when we return. You're listening to New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks. Me, DJ, uh, obviously, uh, Drew's able to get back. Um, Neil, uh, we haven't had you know, all of our guys in the field at once in a long time. Uh, so it would definitely be you know, just good when you have your playmakers and some of your best players out there. Um, and we gel well together. So to say we're going to pick it up of scoring how many points, four touchdowns and a half, uh, I can't sit here and guarantee that. But uh, definitely give us a better opportunity to win football games when uh, your best players are out there on the field. Saquon Barkley talking about his matchup and uh, getting back on the field against the Raiders. Uh, I love uh, over, I want to say it's sitting at, at 103.5, over 103.5 rushing and receiving yards for Saquon Barkley. Um, he's just such a, a the, the focal point of that offense, especially now that Darren Waller will not be active and attractive today. Let's go out to your calls. We've got Joe in Oceanside. Oh, Joe, welcome in. Welcome into New York Game Day. Good morning. Anita, Anita, very big fan. Amani. What's going on? Great. One of my favorite Giants receivers. Uh, is your number hanging from the rafters yet, Amani? Uh, my name is up there. My, they, ain't, they ain't took out my jersey uh, yet. That's okay. all right, though. Uh, okay, listen. I just want to say the Giant defense is so underrated. I watched every game, and that Seattle game, they only really gave up one touchdown. And against, against Buffalo and the Jets, they shut them down completely. I mean, I think the Giants got a top-five defense. And I think I think Wink is going to confuse the heck out of this quarterback, and I think it's going to be an easy win. With this offensive line together, I really do. If Daniel Jones does not turn the ball over, we win this game like we would have won the Seattle game. I'm telling you, we're going to win this game. That's my opinion. Uh, yeah. no, Thanks I mean, for the phone call. Thanks yeah, for the I phone mean, call, Joe. Yeah, Joe, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. There's There's a lot of good things about – this matchup that the Giants have in favor of them. But the other thing is the unknown of what, of what Aiden O'Connell is going to do. What is, you know, how are the new play caller? What is he, he can totally go against all the tendencies that they've had for the entire season. And you're really just playing straight up football, which players and teams, I mean, we watch film for a reason. You sit back and you, you look at personnel for a reason. All that gives you clues to help you play that much faster. And if you're playing just a tick behind, the, athle- the athleticism and the, the execution level of an offense, if, if they know what you're, they're doing and you don't, uh, if you're on defense, that's a tough, tough, it's a tough thing to play. And I'm, I'm nervous about that. And I've always been nervous about playing against backup quarterbacks. Uh, let's go to Simon. Simon, welcome in. Good morning. Yeah, hi. Good morning, everyone. Uh, quick, quick question. If, God forbid, Daniel Jones gets injured early on in the game, I believe Tommy DeVito is a backup. Will Brian Dable give him a chance to throw the ball today? No, I think it's going to be the same thing that's going to happen 
uh, that happened last week. Saquon Barkley's going to have 36 attempts, and they're just going to put it on the ground and see if Max Crosby and that defense can, can stop this downhill rushing attack that was effective versus the Jets, did enough to win the game. Uh, a blunder there at the end uh, let the game get away, but uh, that was a pretty effective offense in, in controlling the ball, moving the ball, and more importantly, taking time off the clock, allowing that defense, which is the strength of this def- this team, to really uh, hone in and shut down the Jets. Yeah. Last but not I, least, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. No, I was just going to add to that. Like again, like if you're playing a rookie quarterback, especially Bo Hargrave. I, I work with Bo um, in Miami. You know, he's never been a play call before. Like just getting that whole operation is going to be something that they're going to be dealing with all game long. So. Mm. If Tommy DeVito goes in there, which again, you know, just given what's happened all year, is not an unlikely scenario. If I'm Brian Dayball, I am not turning the ball over. I am just saying, like, if we're going to lose, it's with a rookie quarterback and it's with a, an inexperienced play caller who's learning on the fly. So I think, I think this game is going to be extremely low scoring. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's go to Ira calling in from Staten Island. Uh, Ira, welcome in. Good morning. Hey, good morning, everybody. And I tell you, this time of the year, you got two months in the books, and I look at it. Now you kind of separate the pretenders from the contenders, and I think it starts Monday night. And I think the loser of this game, you know, maybe they'll sniff around, they'll be in the hunt, but I think the loser of this game probably doesn't get into the playoffs. And listen, we all know the blueprint here. The Jets' defense is, you know, help, you know, they're winning games because of their defense. And Wilson really hasn't had any of these three turnover games yet. But the offense has got to pick it up. Monty said it. Mike said it. I mean, everybody knows it. You know, Jets are not winning this game 13-10, 17-14. They're probably going to have to score 24 points or a little more. And it starts this week. And I think they got the perfect defense to go against. Chargers defense stinks. I know they got two elite pass rushers, but if they could give Wilson a little time, get the ball out of his hands, he, he can make plays down the field because that, that secondary stinks. And I think this is a perfect uh, opponent. If they're going to really be uh, contenders, they got to get this game Monday night, and I think they have an excellent chance. Ira, thanks for the phone call. Uh, really do appreciate it. Uh, by the way, uh, around the league, uh, brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Uh, the biggest story, I think one of the biggest stories, I should say, is how many rookie quarterbacks are starting this week. Mike, this might be like a record in regards to the number of rookie quarterbacks that are starting this week. I mean, if you if you count Will Levis, you're, you're talking, and then of course C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, uh, you're talking about seven or eight rookie quarterbacks starting of 32 teams. Have you ever seen anything like this before in your life? Yeah, and look, we're going to see a whole lot more of them, right? Uh, I think we got, what, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Aiden O'Connell, Tyson Bajan, Clayton Toon, Jaron Hall, right? And as you mentioned, Will Levis. I mean, a year ago, these guys are doing keg stands on campuses, right? <laughs> I, I mean, Amani's laughing because that's what they would do Saturday night in Ann Arbor. Oh, my gosh. I didn't drink in college, so I, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, but anyway, <laughs> so they're going from doing, like, keg stands, Anita, to yeah. playing, you know, in the NFL. And again, that's where, like, if I'm weak Martindale – uh, a lot of disguise today, putting a lot of different personnel groupings and trying to really confuse uh, Aiden O'Connell pre-snap. If you could confuse a rookie pre-snap, it's going to slow him down and it's just going to allow the Kayvon Thibodeaux of the world to hopefully, for, from a giant perspective, to have a really productive day. So the the rookie quarterback, and, and to me, like to Iris' point, we're only halfway through the season. We're going to see a lot more of this, not less of it. 
and depth at offensive line to me and depth at quarterback at the end of the day, when we're sitting here in January and we're talking about the last four teams standing, it very well may be, you know, who has the most depth at that position. And if we go back a year ago, you know, this is when, you know, we started thinking like, oh my God, could Brock Purdy really do it? And maybe it's going to be Sam Darnold or Brandon Allen this year. Like, we don't know, is it, you know, where that's going to come from. You look at, for example, Philadelphia, Marcus Mariota looks like a massive downgrade to what Gardner Minshew was. And one of those sort of transaction guys, in my opinion, is going to be the difference. And one of these rookie quarterbacks really may make a, a massive difference in the outcome this season. Um, again, uh, one of the biggest storylines uh, this week is the number of, uh, of quarterbacks around the league. Brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey, the original triple blended, triple distilled, and triple cast matured Irish whiskey. Make sure to grab a Tullamore Dew during today's action. And remember, when it's game time, it is Tully time. Uh, gentlemen, quick break. We come back. Rich Samini is going to join us with his Jets report. Excited to talk to him. Also, we'll hear from Chris Rim, who is the beat reporter for the Chargers. So a uh, little, I like to call it a little sneak look behind the curtain. What Jets fans, uh, what the Jets can expect from Justin Herbert. I know you and I are, are really big on Justin Herbert, Mike. Uh, what Jets defense can expect from Justin Herbert. No Josh Palmer, by the way. Wide receiver Josh Palmer has been ruled out. So uh, so that's pretty interesting. As as we know, Mike Williams has already been in, on IR for, for quite a few weeks. So um, it, it, this is going to be a good one. I, I'm excited for this Monday night game, and we're excited to have Rich Samini join us next to break it down. So sit tight. That next right here on 98.7 ESPN. Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks. Welcome back, everybody, along with Anita Marks and Amani Toomer. This is Mike Tannenbaum bringing you uh, all the way up to 11 a.m. this morning, discussing all things Jets and Giants. Speaking of which, we now have with us from uh, covering the New York Jets, who I think he's done it now for roughly 57 or 58 years, the uh, great Rich Tamini. Good morning, Rich. 55, Mike, but uh, <laughs> good morning. Uh, appreciate that, and uh, good morning. How are you guys doing today? Yeah, actually, right now you're just burdened with me. Uh, Amani's still out celebrating the big uh, Michigan-Purdue win last night, and Anita has another hit. So, uh, unfortunately for you, Rich, you're, you're stuck with me here for a few minutes. All right, a little like old times. Uh, let's... Uh... Except the, the roles are reversed here. Yeah, that's that, that's exactly right. So, Rich, obviously a lot to get to. Big Monday night game. Jets are on a roll. Three-game uh, win streak. What do you expect tomorrow night? Well, I expect the Jets defense to have a really good game. They've been on a roll. I think uh, they've given up like 15 points a game over the last, you know, during that streak. And, uh, you know, it's a tough offense. Herbert can put the ball anywhere on the field. You know, he's got a tremendous arm, but I think the Jets' defense is just on that kind of roll. Um, I'm curious to see how the Jets' offense, now they said they might make some thematic changes or tweaks would be a better word. Just on third down, they've been really struggling. So I'm curious to see how that manifests itself in the game. Because they're going to need more offense, Mike. I mean, as well as the defense is playing, they've only scored eight offensive touchdowns in seven games. And I don't think that's sustainable for, for playoff hopes. Yeah, Uh Completely agree. We were talking about that earlier. You know, it's interesting, Rich. Like when we talk about Zach Wilson, it, it's such an interesting conversation because if you look at it through the lens of, well, he hasn't turned the ball over and they're not losing games, you would say he's actually played pretty well. If you say, well, you know what, he uh, 
was the second pick of the draft three years ago. He's been a massive disappointment. So when you think about Zach Wilson, where, where are you in that spectrum? Yeah, I mean, it is interesting. I think he's only had one interception in like the last 170 passes. So that alone represents improvement for him based on the last couple of years. But, and you, I love quoting Parcells, and I know he's a mentor to you, and, you know, he said so many wise things. And one of the things he always said, the quarterback's job is to get his team in the end zone. And clearly, you know, Zach Wilson has not done that yet. And they just, red zone is another area. They, I think they're 31st or 32nd in the league in red zone performance. And you know how important situational football is, Mike. Red zone, third down, that's how games are won and lost. And I think if Zach Wilson can just improve in those areas, I think the Jets would probably be a playoff team. Uh, this is uh, Rich Samini brought to you by uh, the engagement experts at London Jewelers. Uh, hey, Rich, um, how are they? How is this team going to really effective? I mean, their defense has been phenomenal all year, but now they got a different guy coming in, and Justin Herbert. How how are they looking to? You know, are they looking to do anything different? Or what are their approach to trying to slow down this young, hot quarterback in Justin Herbert? Well, I think the Jets are very confident that they will, and they should be because look at the quarterbacks they you know, done a really good job against so far. I mean, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, uh, Patrick Mahomes. I, I wrote a note the other day. I mean, I think those guys are making like a combined $1 billion in total salary, and now they have Justin Herbert, who's another one of those $250 million quarterbacks, and, and so they feel like they're very well equipped to, uh, you know, attack him. Now, the, you know, Keenan Allen is a good receiver, a uh, really good receiver, all over the place, especially out of the slot. So I think Michael Carter the second has a big job on his hands in this game, covering Keenan Allen out of the slot. Eckler, according to a Jets defensive coordinator Jeff Ulbrich, Eckler is the is the guy who drives the engine for them. So he's going to be a you know a real key for the Jets. But I think they need to try to get off to faster starts. The defense they've had some issues in the first half, and I think they need to cut down on the penalties. They had four personal fouls last week against the Giants and some really big ones that almost cost them the game. They need to clean that up. So, you know, you bring up an interesting point to stay on that side of the ball, Rich, because I agree, like, this is a Charger offense. You know, they're not playing, you know, Tommy DeVito this week. So it seems like to me, like, the Jets have played good against lower competition. Like, what are your expectations for tomorrow night? How many points do you think they could hold Herbert and that unit to? Yeah, I'm picking a... uh... I think I had the Jets winning this game 20 to 16 or 23 16 somewhere in that neighborhood. So not not a super high scoring game. I think they'll play it on the, the Jets will play it on their terms, which is low scoring because I just don't see the Jets offense putting up big numbers. I, I just now San Diego. I mean LA. I knew I was going to do that. LA's defense is 31st in passing. So you're saying okay, here's the opportunity for Zach Wilson in the offense to really get going. But if you look at it, I think that number's a little bit deceiving. If you look at the Chargers' defense a little closer, I think they're in the middle of the pack and third down defense, you know, so they're, they're okay there. And they do get pressure on the quarterback. I think they're a top-10 team in sack percentage. The Jets, I, I, maybe I buried the lead here. We haven't even mentioned the Jets' offensive line, which is going to be reshuffled again because of injuries. Uh, Joe Pittman is going to start at center. This is the fifth different offensive line combination the Jets are using, and they're going up against a really good front in Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. Rich, can you can you go over the offensive line for uh, Amani and I, just what, what you projected to be tomorrow night? 
Well, this is a, a best projection. You know, don't know this for a fact as we don't see practice, but uh, obviously they did not activate Dwayne Brown this week. So Makai Becton will be at left tackle. Lakin Thompson will be a left guard like usual. Joe Tipman will make his uh, NFL starting debut at center. Now, we, he did start a few games at right guard, got hurt. Now he's back in the lineup. He'll be their center. Uh, right guard, uh, I'm a little iffy on, but I think they may go with Max Mitchell at right guard, which is kind of interesting because he played tackle most of the time. I think they might slide him inside to play guard, and I think Billy Turner could be the right tackle. Now, it's interesting because they had it the other way last week. They had Turner at guard and Mitchell at tackle during the Giant game when they had to shuffle because of injuries. But I, I think, I'm not sure that might be their starting five. Their depth is a major concern this week. I mean, if anybody gets hurt, they are going to be playing practice squad call-ups and guys who really even haven't played this year. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of uh, questions about this team. And, you know, obviously it starts with uh, Zach Wilson. But, you know, Brees Hall has been uh, just a savior for this entire team. And the fact that everybody's disregarding running backs and the fact that he's made such an outsized impact on this Jets team. Um, yeah, explain how well Brees Hall is playing and how, how, how much of an impact he's going to have on this game versus the Chargers. Yeah, it's funny. He might be the best player on the team, and we haven't even mentioned his name yet, so uh, good call there, Imani. I mean, uh, I think we all expected him to be um, good this year. I think we're maybe a little surprised that he's come back so quickly from his ACL surgery. Uh, he hit the ground running in week one. I mean, when he when he has a good game, the Jets win. There, there's no two ways about it. The Jets are 8-0 when he scores a touchdown. Uh, he didn't have a great rushing game last week against the Giants. A real good Giants defense, by the way. But he did catch the ball out of the backfield, and I think that's a new trend we've been seeing the last couple of games. He's got 11 catches in the last two weeks. Um, so I asked Nathaniel Hackett about that. He goes, part of it is by design, and part of it is just responding to what the defense is giving them. But, you know, when he you saw it last week, it was a little check down pass that traveled about a yard, and he took it 49 he had 49 yak yards for a touchdown. When he gets the ball in his hands, he is just he's just dangerous. And so I look for the Jets to try to get him the ball, not only you know running it, but also throwing it as well. Yeah, and um, along those lines, where where like it seems like if the Jets want to have a meaningful playoff run, they're going to have to get some production as Zach Wilson in the passing game. Do you sense that they may try to open things up a little bit more? And as you said earlier, Rich, which I agree with, like. The, the you know the the game tomorrow night presumably is going to be so different than it was you know last you know last time we saw them in MetLife. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think you know they're going to have to do some scoring because what they're doing, uh, the way they're playing right now, was the way they were playing last year when they got off to a good start, and then all of a sudden Zach Wilson got benched. So I'm not saying that's going to happen again this year. I'm just saying that uh, they got to try to get some offensive production and the other thing the offense has been getting really good field position as well because you know the punting game with Thomas Morstead has been outstanding and the Jets are among the league leaders in average start you know starting drives for field position so it's not like the offense has been put in some bad situations they've been in some advantageous situations and they still haven't delivered so yeah they're gonna the concern here Mike is you know Garrett Wilson obviously a number one receiver 
Um, I think the, they cry out for a number two receiver. Now, Alan Lazard showed up on the injury report yesterday with a knee injury. He was limited in practice. Uh, he's listed as questionable for the game. If he doesn't play, I mean, then you're looking at Randall Cobb as your number two receiver and then a whole bunch of rookies like uh, Xavier Gibson. Uh, that's going to hurt the Jets. I think the lack of a clear number two receiver really hamstrings this offense, and uh, it, it also results in more coverage for Garrett Wilson. They just have to find another place to go with the football. Yeah, it's, uh, we talked about Austin Eckler. We talked about this defensive line uh, of the Chargers. What else is, is concerning uh, the Jets about what this upcoming Monday night game? And it could be a very, you know, we talked about how now we are separating the, the real teams from the pretenders. This is a great weeder game uh, in a sense. Uh, what are the, some of the concerns that the Jets are having uh, that you've been hearing uh, around about what, the, what the, their, their challenge that they're having this weekend? I mean, on Monday night, excuse me. Yeah, this is a really confident Jet team, Imani. I don't think there's any major concerns. Uh, you know, the Chargers are uh, they're kind of in the same boat as the Jets. You know, they're three and four. They need the game. It's a conference game. Uh, I know. I know. Jet fans are probably thinking, "Ah, oh, so it's always a disadvantage when a you know West Coast team has to travel east." But that doesn't really apply in this situation. Uh, the Chargers Not on Monday won night. their last. <laughs> what? Well, right. You know, yeah, they, they play later. They play in the afternoon. Days. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it's a different. It's a little different story. But what I was going to say was uh, they've won five in a row in the Eastern Time Zone. So. Mm. Uh, for them, it's, what, a 5 o'clock kickoff on their body clock. So, you know, they should be fine. That's not a huge factor. I think it's just uh, it's, it's just Eckler, the Eckler-Herbert you know, combination. I think the Jets are really going to focus on Eckler. They think he's like the inter- integral part of that offense. Uh, and I do think the Jets are hoping to make some hay in the passing game. Mike asked about trying to be more aggressive. I think they'll try to be. The Chargers play a lot of soft zone. That's probably why they're 31st in pass defense. So I think I think you could see the Jets trying to you know be a little bit more aggressive, like they were in uh, the last primetime game against Kansas City. You saw a different Zach Wilson that night. They were actually uh, putting the ball in his hands and letting him do things. I, I'm, I hope they do the same because I think it creates a confidence level on offense that they don't have when they're playing like they did last week, which was basically not to lose, and they practically did. Hey, 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 Rich. You know, one thing that you know we obviously have to get to is, uh, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers and what may be going on with him. And one thing I, I must say that because you mentioned uh, Thomas Mortstead, I was blown away and so impressed when Aaron Rodgers this week was on with uh, Patrick McAfee and t- just talking about his relationship with some of the veterans. It sounded like they had some sort of like team bonding activity, and it was really clear that um, he had a genuine earnestness an authentic relationship with Morstead. And I thought that was really cool. Like, here's an all-time great, tragic beginning to his career with the Jets. And he's, like, legitimately talking about Morstead. And if I was the GM, I'd be listening to clues in terms of, like, what he may be thinking for next year. I thought that was a really interesting moment. I thought it said a lot about how vested Aaron Rodgers is with this team. Yeah, it is, and it's a great point, Mike. I actually wrote about that this morning. Uh, if you check out ESPN.com, I'm a shameless plug on my story. I wrote about players talking about Aaron Rodgers and just exactly what you said, the impact he's made in the locker room. Now, he only shows up once a week. You know, it's, he flies in usually the day before the game. 
you know, does his little throwing routine before the game, which, you know, impresses everyone, and then he puts the headset on. And I talked to a bunch of guys this week, and they are just, I mean, even though the guy's not there, he just has a tremendous impact on that locker room. And then when he walks in, like Makai Beckton said, he goes, when he walks in the building on Saturday, the day before a game, in this case it'll probably be Sunday, uh, he goes, it just puts a smile on everyone's face. I was talking to Bryce Huff, and he said, during, like right at the beginning of the Giants game last week, he said Rogers walked over to him on the sideline and gave him a little tip on Tyrod Taylor and how he likes to escape the pocket when he's under pressure. And Bryce Huff said he adjusted his pass rush on the next time he was out there, and that was the play he got a sack on. You know, so Rogers, even though it was a defensive guy, he has no problem about walking up to guys on different sides of the ball and offering little tips. And Bryce Huff was just blown away. He goes, he gives me this little pass rushing tip. He goes, I changed my technique, and sure enough, I get a sack. And he credited Aaron Rodgers with that. Just a very small example of how he's still making an impact on this team by being present once a week and also just basically just being Aaron Rodgers. Well, thanks, uh, Rich, for, for your, the Rich Samini report. Uh, and, thanks for and- being on the show. And Rich, we appreciate you, unlike Amani, showing up on time. So that oh, we took okay, Amani okay. is celebrating the uh, Michigan. Uh, I understand. <laughs> no, I mean you know, there's a lot of allegations flying. There's another allegation <laughs> that I was late. I mean, I was on the line. I just wanted, I wanted to give uh, Mike a little opportunity, but you know. You know okay, you try to oh, do somebody oh. a favor and listen to what they give you. You know what hey, I mean? Hey, you know, Amani, Rich earlier, you know. Coach Parcells kind of binds all of us Jets Giants. One of his big expressions was, we go by what we see, and Rich and I were here on time, Amani. We go by what we see. Yeah. All right, I think, Rich. Amani, there should be a fine. There should be an ESPN uh, 98.7 fine collection there. Oh, I got and so we many. Know. You get fined for being early with Coughlin, so I definitely know what you're talking about. And we know how much money he got paid under the table at Michigan, so we know he has plenty of it, Rich. Absolutely zero. Yeah, the, pre, the pre-NIL, <laughs> pre-NIL days for sure. Yeah, but, uh, they gave me a free stick. All right, go blue, gum. guys. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, that was the Rich Media Report brought to you by the engagement experts at London Jewelers. Visit them at any of their seven locations. That's including Short Hills, or you can shop online at LondonJewelers.com. Uh, back with more uh, as, uh, as the show goes on. All right, we're throwing to uh, Chris Room and, uh, and Anita Marks. Amani, thank you so much. Hearing from Rich Simini is great. Now let's hear from the other side. As we know, the Jets taking on the Chargers Monday night. Chris Rim, who's the beat reporter for the Chargers, was kind enough to join me earlier this week to do a deep dive into the Chargers and what they're bringing to the table on Monday night against the Jets. Let's listen in. Their season so far in a nutshell, what, what would you say to that? A mess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's how I would describe it. It uh, it's it's fluctuated from good to bad. There's been moments where you see the team that that, that a lot of people like you saw with the potential of maybe this being the year the Chiefs maybe don't look their best. Maybe the Chargers can take that step after you know a tough playoff loss. They look like they got better but they, you know, appear to be the same team. I think the issue, the biggest issue with the Chargers so far this season and and from watching them is they haven't put together a game where they play complementary football, where the offense, the defense, and special teams plays well at the same time. 
it's always one group plays well, one group struggles, and then they're in a shootout or they lose. Or that's why every game comes down to the final seconds because like the offense played well for a little bit, then defense played well. So if they can find a game against the Bears, they did that for the first time this year where they put together a game where everyone played well. So the more that they figure out how to do that, then I think the closer they'll get to the ceiling that everyone sees them having on paper. Yeah, I mean, listen, they, they've lost to some really good teams, right? The Dolphins, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, we're all expecting them to make it into the postseason. They beat the Vikings, the Raiders, and of course this past week, the Bears 30-13. to They're sitting with a 3-4 and record, and now they come to New York to take on the Jets, who have a very, very good defense, that's for sure. So let's start first and foremost uh, with Justin Herbert. Three touchdown passes against the Bears last week, but obviously uh, the Jets' defense, a lot more difficult than the Bears. What are you expecting from Justin Herbert, and, and what needs to happen in order for this offense to have success against a very good Jets' defense? Yeah, Herbert actually, before that game against the Bears, he was having one of the worst three-game stretches of his career after playing with that fractured left middle finger on his non-throwing hand. And against the Bears, he he took off the glove that he normally wears, and he had a splint on, on, that, hand, on that finger. Well, he's always had the splint, but he just played with the splint instead of the glove. And he said that didn't have much of an impact. But where, where I saw the difference in the Bears game and what changed for the Chargers offense was Austin Eckler. They, they, you know, Justin came into the game averaging 8.4, I think 8.4 air yards per throw. But that night he was, you know, around, I think he was around three, uh, according to next gen stats from what I, what I wrote. And a lot of that was the Chargers ran a bunch of screens, uh, a bunch of passes to Austin Eckler behind the line of scrimmage. And he took, he scored the first points of the game, taking one, you know, going along for a score. So this offense, looks how it's supposed to look when Austin Eckler is playing well. And he was injured um, from week one until uh, week six. And then he wasn't himself until that Bears game. And they they really made it a point of emphasis, Brandon Staley said, to get Austin involved. And against the Bears, that worked. So against the Jets, a much tougher defense, a defense that, as Robert Sala said, has embarrassed all the good quarterbacks they've played. They'll need Austin to to be that safety and security blanket for, for Justin Herbert, you know, to get those check downs and to take those for seven, eight yards or scores. And that could be a, a difficult uh, task because the Jets have only allowed, and I'm sure you know this, one rushing touchdown to opposing running backs this season, Chris, just one. So that could be difficult. But yet at the same time, the Chargers only allowing running backs to average 3.6 yards per carry and Brees Hall has been the straw that has stirred the drink offensively to help Zach Wilson keep defenses honest, and he has limited his turnovers. So um, your thoughts on this Chargers defense and and how you think that they will be able to contain Brees Hall, if at all? Yeah, I think I think that if there's one thing that I expect from the Chargers, I would say that their run defense has been – good this year and I expect it to continue to be that way their de- defensive line has played really well and you know playing against Tony Pollard and you know that I said that you know Derrick Henry you know they, they've really stood up well against backs that you might expect them not to the thing with the Chargers is and I put this in my in my bold predictions we do a bold prediction every week uh, for each game I actually said that Garrett Wilson would have 150 receiving yards because the, the way to beat the Chargers is, is to throw the ball. That That's what's worked for every team that's played them. 
think uh, Patrick Mahomes and the, and the Kansas City, they, you know, just seem to find the middle of the field, Travis Kelsey, every, every single play. And week after week, teams have been able to get whatever they want against this pass defense. And granted, Zach Wilson has struggled and, and you know, I've seen enough of that and enough of the highlights to know that. But the Chargers pass defense is allowing the, the most yards in the NFL per game by about 34 yards. And they just and Garrett Wilson is one of the, the better receivers in the NFL. So I think this would be a game where the Jets and Zach Wilson look the passing game looks better than it has been. And maybe Brees don't want to say he has a bad game, but maybe not as dominant of a game that he's been having because they're doing so well passing the ball. And maybe he catches passes out of the backfield. So here, here's something interesting. Um, so the Chargers, first of all, the Chargers are one of the best first-half teams in the NFL. They're scoring touchdowns at a 38% rate, second-best to the Miami Dolphins in the first half. So uh, to me, that screams game script, right? Um, because your, your first, what, 16, 17, 20 plays are scripted. Um, number two, they are fourth-best in the red zone, scoring touchdowns at 67%. Meanwhile, the Jets are the worst team, Chris, <laughs> scoring touchdowns in the red zone at only 26%. I, 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 think, I think these statistics and these trends are going to come into play here. Why do you feel that the Chargers are so good in the red zone? Just because there are so many weapons and so many options Herbert has to work with? Yeah, I think they get really creative in the red zone with with new offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. Sometimes they might get too cute down there <laughs> sometimes, but they 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 run a lot of different sets or different looks at defenses and oftentimes they'll go to a, a Donald Parham or a, or Gerald Everett or or you know someone you might not expect, right? Instead of Keenan Allen's going going to get his, of course, but sometimes it's not the ball's not going to him. The the play might be for someone else. So they've been effective for for that reason. That Kellen Moore has is really creative down there, and then Justin Herbert obviously is really effective at really throwing the fastball because in the red zone you have really the, all the windows are you know almost minuscule from what they are normally. So Justin often you'll see him in the red zone throw these passes that are like feel like 100-mile-an-hour fastballs that that go by defenders' hands. And that's another reason why they've been so effective down there. It's, uh, it's, I think that that trend for both teams, I think, is, is really going to come into play. Um, I, I know you, you had a column, you had a story in regard to what happened with J.C. Jackson. Why don't you talk about this, this Chargers secondary and, and what that was about? Yeah, so the Chargers, you know, signed J.C. Jackson uh, last offseason to – you know, the $82.5 million deal over five years, but third most guaranteed money that offseason given to a player. And then they traded him a few weeks ago during the bye week for, you know, essentially the lowest value you can get for a player, a sixth and a seventh round pick. And he was supposed to be, they, they, they have stars on the on the defensive line, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa. They have safety, Derman James is a star. And, and Jackson was supposed to be that star in, in the cornerback group, you know, a guy who, t- who gets takeaways, but, he just wasn't that for them. And uh, he's been in the story on ESPN.com. I write about the behind the scenes and kind of what happened and, and how that all unfolded. Now that Jackson's been gone, the, the secondary hasn't been much better. Uh, Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. start outside and Jossier Taylor plays the slot and they still struggled, but the bears game was their best game this season. So against the jets, you know, the, it'll be 
the first time this season they'll have an opportunity to put you know back to back good performances together as a secondary. Uh, Chris, before we let you go, uh, let's get your score prediction here. Who do you think is going to win? How do you think this is going to play out? Game script. Uh, the Jets—they are home dogs. They're getting three and a half. The over/under is forty here. How do you see this game playing out, Chris? I would go twenty-one seventeen Chargers. Twenty-one seventeen Chargers. So, and I, and I think it so, goes. Oh, sorry. Don't want to cut no, no, you no, 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 no. That's okay. So, so, so. With that being said, uh, you're, you know, take the Jets with with the points, especially with the hook at three and a half. Yes, for sure. And I and 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 I think the game, you know, I think the Chargers get out early, and then the the Jets slowly reel them back in, and then time just runs out on the Jets. All right, I want to thank Chris for joining us. Hang tight. We're going to kick off our final hour of New York game day next. We still have my locks of the week, which, by the way, went 3-0 last week. We've got our Mike Tannenbaum's bomb of the week. Still a lot more coming your way. New York game day will continue right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is New York Game Day, presented by Bet365. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Slowman's low prices, zero sacrifices. For a hundred years, Slowman's has been a staple in home comfort. Call 1-866-OIL-DEAL. And by Nissan, you deserve a car that thrills you. And Nissan's got an exciting full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill yourself. Shop your local Nissan store at Nissan.com today.